Can a radio show keep you safe and protect your rights? The verdict is yes. If it's Scott Weinberg on the law. Once again, here's attorney Scott Weinberg. Welcome back. One of the uh, one of the things going on in uh, Metro Detroit, of course, over the last couple of years is the dilemma we've had in what to do with now our former mayor, Kwame Kilpatrick. And, I, you know, when you when you actually look at the case and as a criminal defense attorney, the way I look at a case is what as a as a defense attorney can you do? to protect the interests of your client and what is the prosecutor's office doing to try and uh, try and convict them. And in this case, of course, you had a situation where uh, our former mayor was uh, pled and convicted of offenses and really uh, had a lot that happened on his record that doesn't usually happen. I mean, he basically obviously lost his job, lost his license to practice, he, uh, in this case, had a significant amount of restitution that had to be paid back to the city. And we really have situations where, um, whether you, whether you agree with it or not, you have a prosecutor's office that I think did a fair job in prosecuting a case like this. You have a judge who's caught in between what he wants to be able to do that's fair, not only to the rights of the defendant, because just because you have a situation where you plead guilty or are convicted. Um, you still have, obviously, rights. And uh, also the rights of the city to be able to, as, quote, victims in a case, be able to collect back money on a, a restitution order. And um, one of the things that we want to do is bring involved here with uh, our elected uh, prosecutor, uh, Kim Worthy. Kim uh, Worthy is going to be joining us. She... Uh, Obviously, is the Wayne County prosecutor. She graduated from the University of Michigan. Go Blue. Thank you very much. <laughs> and she went to, uh, I got her law degree from University of Notre Dame. One of my best friends graduated Notre Dame. It's a great school. But she's our uh, elected prosecutor here in Wayne County and uh, really does a great job. Welcome to the show, Kim. Well, thank you very much. I, pr- I appreciate that. One of the things that... Uh, that we, you know, I don't want to get into, and I know that you talk a lot about, and your office talk a lot about whether or not we really, um, we really, uh, should try to, uh, do a either better job with getting restitution from any kind of type of, uh, yeah, criminal it's case. A struggle. Yeah. But, but in this specific case, because it's so big, and I mean, and, I mean, a million, it's such a big restitution order. Was there ever any real expectation that um, whether it's Kwame Kilpatrick or any other, say, large business that owes money to the city through a restitution order like that, that will ever really collect that kind of money? Yes, we have an ex- a real expectation. And, that, and a lot of people wondered why, when he pled guilty, why we were only asking for a million and not $8.4 million. And that's precisely why, because we we thought, and we still feel, that he that there is a uh, that he's going to be able to pay that amount of money. We think he has it. We think he has access to it. And we also think that, that it's going to be paid, and we think the judge is on the same page. So, yes, we haven't. That's why it was $1 million as opposed to 8.4, because we feel that there's a realistic expectation that it'll all be paid. Well, Judge Groner, obviously Judge Groner always had a good, uh, good tenant for the, uh, for the court. He's real, I think he's a real fair judge. He goes back and forth. You know, and sometimes with judges, you never, it, 
it, whether they're going to rule the prosecutor as a defense attorney, prosecution's way, or for your client, as long as they reasonably consider every avenue, they're not just a knee-jerk reaction. A judge is going to do it. A judge is going to do it. And you knew that, too, when you were right, a judge. Right, of course, yeah. And in this case, though, it, it, especially in restitution orders, don't aren't there income withholding orders that the court can enforce in terms of um, how they're going to collect money from his uh, wages or any type of commission that he's going to be earning? Right. Well, it's already it's already in the court order that we will collect a certain percentage of any commission that he gets. And I think that everybody knows by now that even though he's been working there for wow almost a year and a half, he has made uh, made no commissions. And so, yes, but we can seize those as well. Now, as far as being able to withhold or garnish she, uh, and a lot of people have asked us that question, we can't do that until there has been a demonstrated showing that he cannot, he, he can pay and won't pay. And that's the process we're going through right now. Is it uh, a situation where your office has asked for jail time in, in increments, let's say, for instance, listen, he has proven that he is playing games with the court. We want judge, put him in jail for, let's say, another 10 days or two weeks. Let him back out. If he does it again, you know, and graduate that type of, uh, that type of penalty with it. Well, I'm not going to say at this time exactly what we'll be asking for, but you are, you're, you're an attorney. Your mind is on the, on the pretty much the right track. Um, but we are not going to be as generous, I don't think, as what you just suggested. So <laughs> well, we have to wait and see what the judge is going to do. But we do have a position which we'll, we will be uh, revealing in court on the 20th. One of the other things I want to uh, talk about, and we, I don't know if you heard, we just had Judge Calm back on the phone regarding his, his uh, court at, at court in schools program, and I really am interested in uh, one of your other programs you have is the Citizens Academy, yes. and that it just seems like such a worthwhile um, type of organization and program. Can you tell us a little about that? Yes, that's one of our favorite things to do, and what we are trying to do is demystify the criminal justice system for the everyday citizen from the prosecutorial perspective. We have a lot of people who watch Law and & Order and CSI and all these fanciful shows, as you know, that are just kind of what I call Hollywooded up. Mm. It's not real. It's not realistic. You cannot take a fingerprint uh, off of a glass and put it on another glass, and you cannot do all kinds of things that you may see on CSI. So because these citizens are our jurors, we wanted to make sure that they understand what the realistic expectations are. And we, we have from, we have the medical examiner come in during this program. We have, uh, one of the judges come in, a law enforcement personnel. Uh, we'll be adding actually a defense attorney to our program, in our next program. And what we do is we basically explain in, in layman's terms, the criminal justice system, how it works. And then we go into more detail and we explain how we prosecute a homicide case, how we prosecute an elder abuse case, how we prosecute a child abuse case. And we have a, our fourth Citizens Academy is starting this coming Tuesday at, from 6 to 9 at Gross Point South High School. We've moved all around the county, and this time we are in Gross Point at Gross Point South. They've been very, very, hospi- you know, good hospitality there and treated us very well. It is, a, it is uh, such a hit that we are going to do it until people are no longer interested. In fact, people want us to give, like, a Citizens Academy 2 and go into further detail. It's free. It's no cost to the taxpayers either because the lawyers who are part of the presentation do it on their um, you know, their own spare time in the evening. So we love this program. People seem to like it, and we're very proud to do it. Well, it sounds like a good program. And, you know, I, I, one of the things that I've always seen practicing for over 20 years now as a criminal defense attorney is the lack 
of information that uh, just a regular citizen has on how the court and the prosecutor's office works. They just they have in their mind the, exactly what you were saying that it's all about what happens on TV, and it just isn't like that. Things that's don't right. happen in that and time frame. Yeah, you're exactly right, and that's we even talk about the importance of jury service and why that's so critical to the system. We talk about the importance of each player in the criminal justice system and what they do. And then we talk about, like I said, actual cases that have already been uh, you know, adjudicated and give some examples, some practical examples. So it, you know, if, if people like this kind of thing, if they like, people, if they like crime drama or these TV shows or, or they're interested about the law or their civic duty, we cover all of that. And we like doing it. People come away being uh, very, very... Um, um, interested in, in following through sometimes. And one of our weeks, or I think it's our fifth week, we bring in witnesses that have testified in actual trials that have gone above and beyond, and we honor them uh, in the award ceremony in front of the citizens as well. You know, we're talking to uh, Kim Worthy, the Wayne County prosecutor. You know, Kim, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your take on what's going on with the uh, with the uh, Supreme Court, where Justice, uh, uh, obviously, uh, Stevens is retiring and Obama President Obama is going to have an opportunity to appoint another justice. Obviously, he appointed a uh, um, uh, one justice, a female, already. What do you think is going to happen in this next one? you think uh, our Governor Graham Holmes got a chance at it? Well, based on nothing, <laughs> speculation <laughs> on my part, and I have uh, looked at the bios of all the people that they're talking about, I think it's going to be a male. I do not think there's going to be two appointments of, of uh, uh, two women yeah, in a row. I agree. That's the first thing. I could be wrong. Um, and there's never been an Asian on the Supreme Court. And I know uh, at least one of the candidates is a very prominent Asian-American, so that might be the pick as well. But there are a lot of good people on the list that I've seen, and who knows, there may be many people that have not been on everybody's speculation list that they may consider. But I just don't think it's going to be another woman this time. Kim, do you think that, and I know obviously you, uh, you, we were a judge before and now you're a prosecutor again. Do you feel that, uh, to be a Supreme Court judge, and I was just talking about this with my producer, that you should first be a judge or should you be able to come from a, an executive, uh, position like, a, even a solicitor general or, you know, let's say a legal advisor in the State Department like this Harold, uh, Coe? Do you feel yeah, that you I, should be a judge yeah. first? What a great question, and that's you know that's been the debate in legal circles as you know for many many years. I personally think it's more advantageous if a person has sat on, uh, been a judge in some kind of a trial court, or at least have been a practitioner and tried cases. Because one of the problems for a very long time, until uh, Diane Hathaway got to the Supreme Court here in Michigan, you know, like her or don't like her, but she at least was a trial judge and had practical experience. And we and believe it or not, we had not had any judge that had been a judge in the trial court before she came. Right. And I think it's um, I think that has shown in some of the opinions we've seen. And so while I don't think it's a necessary deal breaker, I think it's nice if a person does have trial experience, either they've done as a practitioner or they've been a judge. But, you know, we don't want to count out our Elena Kagans, who's a brilliant, brilliant woman. I think she's a current dean of is it Harvard, I think, law school. And she's the U.S. Solicitor General. She's a friend of the president. I mean, she's a brilliant woman, and she has never been on the bench, so you would hate to cut people out, absolutely. But I think it really, really helps if you've actually smelled the grease paint and heard the roar of the crowd in the courtroom being a practitioner. Well, we, uh, I, personally, I absolutely agree, and I think that, uh, I think that, uh, you need to have experienced people on both sides 
of uh, whether you're a practitioner or as a judge to be a Supreme Court judge. We appreciate you joining us here. I know that you're off to uh, you're off to Washington, so maybe yeah. you're going to be hitting that spot for us. Well, thank, thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Kim. We're uh, we're joined here by Kim Worthy, Wayne County prosecutor, and uh, and uh, hopefully have you back. One of the uh, one of the major uh, issues that uh, that we have to deal with any type of uh, a law in this state is having a prosecutor's office that at least prosecutes fairly, and I think uh, Kim Worthy's uh, office does that uh, does that well. One of the uh, one of the issues, though, of course, is trying to get. The Kwame to fulfill that, uh, fulfill that plea, but I, I swear, I don't know how we're going to do that. We're joined with, uh, one of our callers, Lisa on the line. Lisa, what do you got to say about that? I just wanted to say that, um, one of the issues that bothers me about Kwame Kilpatrick and him complaining about the amount of restitution that he has to pay is that it's my understanding that it was a plea agreement. So it's not as if the court imposed a sentence on him. He agreed to pay that amount of money, and he agreed to um, you know, spend a certain amount of time in jail. So, you know, I'm still at a loss to understand why he acts like it's unfair or improper, or that it's it's some kind of um, you know overreaching by the court. Well, let me ask a question about that. Do you feel? And I brought this up with Kim Worthy, and I don't know if he she gave a real clear answer to that. Maybe she's still considering it. But do you feel that? Um, they should put him in incremental times in jail. For instance, another 10 days, let him out, come up with another 50 grand. If he doesn't do it again, another two weeks. Do you think that would make a difference with him? Um, I think it would, but I, again, I still, I still struggle with, you know, I still think, even though I don't like him, obviously, I, I think that they should do what they would do to any other person. I don't think that they should go to any greater extreme with him than they would with anyone else. But I do think that, um, given that it was a plea agreement, I think that he he probably never intended to pay the amount of money back. But the the restitution dollar amount was larger, um, maybe because the the actual time in jail was smaller. Well, so let me let me ask a question about that. Or had ever intended to um, pay it back, he probably would have had a lower dollar amount in exchange for a higher incarceration amount of time. So if you had a choice that you know you weren't going to get another dime from him, but you get, let's say, another year in jail, okay, or a total year in jail, or you knew that you were going to get money from him and he'd be able to get off probation and not have to worry about anything, but you'd get the rest of the money back, what would you rather have? I'd rather get the money. Right. Well, and, and because like, it costs more money to keep him in jail. So I guess I just, I mean, he's been punished. He's, his, you know, I just think Lost his license of practice. Get, it, get be done with him, basically. Right. And isn't that really the case? We're just dragging this thing out for so long now. It is it is going on for what? Almost, almost two years now, right? That we're trying to get money from him. And, you know, some judges would have just said, forget it. What are we doing? Let's just put him behind bars. Let's just forget about this. But... I think that's really what Judge Groner wants to do, and I really think that's what Kim Worthy's office wants to do too. They want to be able to get as much money as possible. They got him on; they can have him on probation for five years, so they got a lot of, a lot more time to play with on it. But they want to get as much out of it as possible. She knew that she was never going to get eight million dollars. I mean, she can barely get what we're trying to get now, which is up to a million. There's no way we'd get it eight times that. So let's pick a number that it might be reasonable to get. 
that he might be able to get his rich friends to be able to give up money towards it, whether it's in a commission or whether it's an in income, and then we'll be able to try to get, uh, uh, you know, as much and have as much hold, held over his head as possible because they really have another three years to stick him in jail or, quite frankly, to put him in prison. And, you know, it costs like $45,000 a year just to keep a prisoner. So if you add that up, nobody wants this. I, I don't want this guy in prison, really. I want him to be able to pay and to be able to... Um, be able to make amends on uh, on what's going on with uh, with the uh, with the case, at least with uh, restitution. One of I the just uh, feel like he always wins. You know, he says that he's going to do something and then he doesn't, and then we look stupid because we're not enforcing it, and it just all starts. You know, it all becomes kind of dumb. It, it started out bad. Well, thanks for joining us, Lisa. One Thank of the one of the uh, issues, of course, on uh, trying to get any kind of any kind of restitution from a client is uh, is always an issue regarding, as a criminal defense attorney, trying to protect your client's rights, trying to say, okay, listen, he already took responsibility, he doesn't have the money to pay back, and then a prosecutor and judge saying, wait a second, we're going to look into his little inter- uh, little specifics of how much he's earning, how much he's uh, uh, spending. Who else has given him money? And I'm telling you right now, you guys don't believe it, but I'm telling you, it is very rare to bring someone back to court as many times as Kwame Kirkpatrick has come back and to be able to walk out without having some type of incarceration if it's shown that he really does have the money and he's just playing games. So, you know, Judge Groner is a good guy. He's, uh, he's, he's, I think, making a proper decision of what he's trying to do. But by the end, you have to have an ability to pay or you have to have a reason why you're not. And I don't see where Kwame has shown either. One of the, uh, one of the issues here is trying to get a, uh, a proper perspective of our local laws and our local, uh, our local, uh, uh, judges. And I think, uh, I thank those, uh, judges and prosecutors for joining us. We're going to take a break. This is, uh, Weinberg on the Law on 1270 WXYT. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and try to keep your record clean? Then you need the attorneys from Weinberg Law at 1-800-7100-LAW. And if you call right now, they can qualify you for a payment plan designed just for you. That's right, an affordable top criminal law firm. Call 1-800-7100-LAW. Stay out of jail, keep your record clean, and qualify for payment plans. Call now, 1-800-710-0529. That's 1-800-7100-LAW. 